0: One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. Psalm 145, 2 through 7. If you'd like to stand and join us, we'll sing Majesty.
1: his majesty Glorify Christ Jesus again okay?
0: this wonderful day. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for this glorious day. We thank you, Lord, for the uh, your call to us to remember. In the psalm this morning, remember this. Remember what I've done. Remember the work of the Lord. We want to remember your work. We want to remember what you have done to hold this nation together, to to hold your church together, to teach us, and to give us a heart that uh, looks forward to your coming again, looks forward to your gathering us to yourself. And we trust in you, and that's all remembering. So, Lord, let us remember today the works of the Lord and your majesty and your greatness and your power. Let us not forget. Father, fill our hearts this morning as we worship you. Take your, uh, remember your um, your new covenant in our taking of communion. Let us uh, Uh, Please bless our Pastor Ray as he ministers to us today. We praise and thank you now, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. What a time we have
2: to think about our freedom that we have here as a nation. Let us also think about our freedom that we have in Christ, Um, in a sense, He is our Statue of Liberty as a Christian. Um, There's a song out there. I'm going to research that and try to share that with you in the future, um, talking about Christ being our Statue of Liberty. Um, A Clean Slate. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Did you ever have the experience in school of erasing an entire whiteboard? or chalkboard. When the slate has been wiped clean, it is as if nothing has ever been written on it. This is what God does for us. For when we come to him, confessing our sin and trusting Christ as our Savior and Lord, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Note what he promises forgive, and cleanse. The slate is wiped clean, and only God can do that. We can't do it ourselves. How many times in your life have you ever wished that you could start all over again with a clean slate, with a new life? Resolve right now to allow God to wipe that slate clean by confessing your sin and letting him give you that brand new start. And our hope for today It's popular to repurpose things While you may give an old dresser new life as a desk Many will still see it as a dresser When God forgives you There is no trace of what you used to be You are brand new You know, he's king of kings Isn't he? And with that
3: These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, because he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are the are the called and chosen and faithful.
0: If you'd like to stand and join us. <laughs>
3: And Lord of Lords, Glory
4: Hallelujah. King of
1: Kings and Lord of Lords, Glory Hallelujah. Jesus, Prince of Jesus Glory Hallelujah. Jesus, Prince of peace Glory Hallelujah. King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Glory Hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords glory Hallelujah Jesus prince of his glory Hallelujah Jesus prince of his glory Hallelujah King of kings and Lord of lords glory Hallelujah King of kings and Lord of lords glory Hallelujah King of kings and Lord of Lords, glory, hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of Lords, glory, hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of Lords, glory, hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of Lords, glory, hallelujah.
4: Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. If he comes along and confines you in prison and convenes a court, who can oppose him? Surely he recognizes deceivers. When he sees evil, does he not take note? (coughs)
0: Oh, <coughs>
1: You are.
5: just amazed me to know that he knows every one of us individually. He's on a first person name with every person. So just hit my mind. Psalm 26. Vindicate me O Lord for I have walked in my integrity. I have also trusted in the Lord. I shall not slip. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart, for your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. I have not sat with idolatrous mortals, nor will I go in with hypocrites. I have hated the assembly of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocence, so I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving, and tell of all your wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not gather my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men in whose hands is a sinister scheme and whose right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity, redeem me and be merciful to me. My foot stands in an even place. And the congregations, I will bless the Lord. That's us, our congregation. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to stand with me, we will recite the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, come. thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give Give us this day our daily bread. bread. And And forgive us our debts as we forgive forgive our our debtors. And lead us us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and power, and and the glory forever. Amen.
3: Our gospel reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks righteous people because of their righteousness, you will begin be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you you will surely be rewarded. Now we have another uh, section from the Athanasian Creed. Please join me. Nothing in this Trinity is before or after. Nothing is greater or smaller. In their entirety, the three persons are co-eternal and co-equal with each other so in everything as was said earlier we must worship their trinity in their unity and their unity in their trinity anyone then to be saved should think thus about the trinity sometimes it becomes like a little tongue twister (laughs) let us pray Heavenly Father and creator of all, we thank you so much for allowing us to share with us all these things that you do, all the things that you have done and created. And Lord, you do call on us to give back, to share it as you have shared with us. So Lord, we ask that the gifts that we give this week be used in a way that is pleasing in your sight. Please guide us, show us the way, because you are the way. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
6: Good morning. with me, please. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful together in your house to worship you in spirit and truth. We thank you for your spirit who gives us that truth that we may worship you properly. Father, speak to us this morning through your word. Make your word come alive in our hearts and lives through your Holy Spirit. Bless every word for your glory and the benefit of these good people. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of my sermon this morning is Paradox and Persecution. The text is Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Slide 1, please. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, They were confronted by the priest, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. And that Greek word confronted is more powerful than the English. It means to come upon suddenly and aggressively. The leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees would have been very irate because they did not believe in a resurrection. They did not believe in life after death. They felt that this life was all there was. Verse 3, they arrested Peter and John and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. Now remember, 3,000 were added at Pentecost. This sermon adds another 2,000. And notice it says men. So you could translate that heads of household. So that number is more like 10, maybe 12,000 people. Slide two, please. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Really? You're bringing us to trial because we healed a man in Jesus' name. Do you want to know how he was healed? Verse 8. Peter is filled again. He was filled at Pentecost and preached a sermon that God added 3,000 people to the church. Here he is filled again. And that is the keynote for this sermon. Let's be filled again. Filled to overflowing. Slide three, please. Ephesians 5.18 through verse 20 from the NLT. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. This is something we can do every day. This is something we should do every day. While you're watering the garden, while you're changing the spark plugs in your car, you can make music to the Lord in your heart and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's called worship. And remember, worship is a lifestyle. It's not what we're doing necessarily here this morning. It's a lifestyle. Here in Ephesians 5, we have a scriptural precedent for why we begin our Sunday morning with song. Scripture is replete with God's people singing. Adam sang. Moses sang. Miriam sang. Mary sang. Paul and Silas sang. We have no excuse not to sing. We sing in every situation. At the birth of a child, at the death of a loved one. In every way and at every place in between. The angels sing. And we, like the angels, were created to sing, to make holy revelry in the presence of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Ephesians 5.18, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Greek here, translated into English as filled, is plerao. It means to make full, to fill up, to abound. To supply it liberally, to render full and complete, to fill to the top, nothing short of full measure, full to the brim, to make complete in every detail. Be ye filled with the Spirit. And I've got a hot news flash for you. Do you know when you can most expect to be filled? with the Holy Spirit when you're in trouble. Especially when you're in trouble for advancing the kingdom of God. Especially when you're being persecuted for living out your faith. The extremes are when you can expect God to fill you to overflowing with His Holy Spirit. When the pressure is on you can expect a filling of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 10, 19. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking, it will be the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Those are the words of Jesus. Slide four. Verse 10, let me clearly state to all of you, this is Peter preaching, to all the people of Israel that this man was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Peter is pointing his finger at the very people who put Christ on the cross. And notice his boldness. Verse 11. For Jesus is the one who referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. That's Holy Spirit boldness when you're preaching to people who would very much like to... uh, kill you. Verse 11 is a quote from Psalm 118. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the, the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice in it and be glad. Amen. This is a messianic psalm, and the priests, the elders, and the teachers that were assembled there knew it. They know exactly what Peter is saying. You killed Messiah. You killed the promised one. Holy Spirit boldness. Slide five, please. Verse 13, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Is there anything more glorious that someone could say of you than he or she is someone who has been with Jesus. This is what you and I want. We want to be identified as people who have been with Jesus. People who have the same spirit, the same boldness as Jesus. How do you get this Holy Spirit boldness? The boldness that Peter had. We must spend time with Jesus. He can't be an afterthought in our lives. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. It's, It's not so much a fact that the Jewish leaders recognized Peter and John by their physical traits or that they recognized their voices. What struck them about Peter and John was that they preached with the same power as did Jesus. And this was remarkable to them. It was astounding. Why? Because in the eyes of the Jewish leaders, they were uneducated. They shouldn't be able to put two words together in a sentence in their thinking. They didn't dress, act, or talk like Pharisees, yet they preached better than any Pharisee. Peter and John were fishermen. That means they failed Torah class. The Jewish high schools of the day were very similar to the high schools in Europe. If you don't have an aptitude for numbers and engineering, you need to go to the other, the vocational high school. Get out of here. In Jewish society, Peter and John were told you guys need to go fish because you, don't, you can't cut it in rabbinical school. So do society a favor and go fish. But they knew the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. Some of the best preachers of the past century did not have a formal theological education. D.L. Moody, Charles Spurgeon, William Carey, Hudson Taylor, none of these men had ever darkened the door of a seminary. But they knew the scriptures. The top two things you need to be used of God is number one, know the scriptures. Number two, spend time with Jesus. Peter and John trained under God himself, the Word. They spent time with Jesus. They were baptized by Jesus and into Jesus. Who have you been baptized by and into? Slide six. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. This is called the Baptism of Moses. Now pay attention. This, this is uh, fascinating. This is Paul's letter to the church of Corinth. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters. Three times in scripture says, I do not want you to be ignorant. Very important. Our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus is central to all redemptive history. The birth of Jesus was an incarnation, not his beginning. He has always been. Jesus himself was the miraculous source of the manna and the water in the desert. He himself was the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In all their travels, the voice that Israel heard at Sinai, the voice That Moses heard was always the voice of Jesus. John 1.1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The baptism of Moses is all about leadership. Israel's leadership was provided by Almighty God through Moses. Moses. Therefore, Israel was baptized into the leadership of Moses. Who has been baptized into your leadership? Who are you leading, mentoring, and guiding to the kingdom of God? All this preaching, teaching, leading, and mentoring It's not all my job, folks. I need some help. Each of us has also been baptized into the leadership of someone. Someone led us to Christ. I know very few people, when you ask them, who led you to Christ? I've heard maybe two people in my lifetime say, Jesus appeared to me in my room. My wife's mother is one of them. Jesus appeared to me in my room. I accepted him that moment. But most of us have been led to Jesus Christ, either through a preacher, teacher, friend, or a parent who was faithful to teach us about God and model for us how to live a life that is pleasing to God. So I'll ask again, who's been baptized into your leadership? At the very least, we all have the responsibility to provide this leadership to our family and friends. But there are people in this world that only you can lead to Christ. Ouch. Slide 7. This is what St. Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 2 from the message. God took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all His idea, all His work. All we do is trust Him enough to let Him do it. Amen. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play a major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging how we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join Him in the work He does. The good work He has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. And what work is that? There are people on this earth that only you can reach. God has ordained that there are people that only you Can reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has blessed you with the privilege of helping him build his kingdom. Do you see it as a blessing? I think some of us see it as a curse. Evangelism is not the preacher's job. Can I hear an amen? It's all our job. I'm just the coach. You're the guys that have to go out and suit up and go win the game. So are you up for this? Are you going to the spiritual gym every day and working out? It can be painful. I uh, haven't been to the gym in six years. I went Friday and I'm still recovering. It was really, this is the second day, and the second day is always tough. And let me tell you, I had to scrape myself off the sheets this morning. Are you in the scriptures? Are you praying? Are you taking time out of your day like David did to sit before the Lord and thank Him for His many blessings, and then just sit there, be still, be quiet, and listen? Listening is very important. I know many of us, um, if we were honest with ourselves and others, we would say that uh, sharing our faith is, uh, scares us more than a violent death. For some of us, we'd rather contemplate jumping, jumping off the Empire State Building than sharing our faith. But uh, lucky you. Linda just finished an evangelism. Teaching, and I'm sure she has literature for you. And she'll be happy to sign you up for the next class. There is help available. A lot of us this morning here are retired, retired from our vocations, but we never retire from the work of the kingdom. Slide eight, please. In Joshua chapter 14, 6 through 12. Caleb and Joshua have just led the children of Israel into the promised land after 40 years of wandering in the desert wilderness. And Caleb says to Joshua, remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report, but my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. Remember what they said, they're giants in the land. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And the people were afraid and failed to enter the promised land. This is 40 years later. Caleb speaking again. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day, Moses solemnly promised to me that the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Slide nine. Caleb again. Now Joshua, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he had promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I am 85 years old. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. I wish I could say that. I know many of us wish we could say that. So give me the hill country where the Anakim live. The Anakim were the giants. That which the Lord promised me. If the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. He's 85 years old. And uh, previously in the scripture he said, give me the Anakim. They are bread." bread. 45 years earlier, when he saw the giants in the land, he came back and reported to Moses, we can take them. They're bread for us to eat. And Israel, they failed. But 45 years later, Caleb, he still wants to fight. Is that us this morning? Do do we still want to fight? Do we want to fight the good fight? In other words, Caleb is saying to Joshua, God's promise to me for this hill country is still true, even 45 years later. God said he would give me the giants into my hand then, and He will give me the giants into my hand now." I know some of you are thinking, well, those are nice encouraging words, but if, if you have noticed it, it takes me a while to get from my car door to the church door. You might notice that it takes me a little longer to stand up to say the Lord's Prayer and, and to sing. And I'm right there with you this morning. Um, I thought I was in pretty good shape uh, riding my bicycle every day. And after going to the gym, I feel like I'm 140. I know we're all thinking, well, kudos to Caleb. But I can't do a thing that I could do when I was 40. I'm right there with you. My bones won't do what they did 40 years ago. What I wouldn't give to be 60 again. But we can still pray. We may not have the energy or the strength to stand on the street corner and preach, but we can still pray. And we can pray like a house of fire. We can still go to war on our knees. This church, this fellowship needs all the prayers you can muster. And if you can't think of anything else to pray for, pray for me. Slide 10, please. 1 Corinthians 9.24 All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline myself like an athlete. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. That should be our mantra. The word disciple is derived from the word discipline. We must be disciplined. No prize fighter makes a career out of going to the gym. It doesn't pay very well. All prize fighters, their training, their sparring is for one purpose, to get in the ring and win the fight. This is what the Christian life is all about. If we're truly following Jesus, we discipline ourselves, we train ourselves to fight and win in Christ. And before anybody gets uh, offended and thinks I'm picking on them, let me remind you, I preach to myself first. If it speaks to you, glory be to God. But Christianity is not a spectator sport. If you live for Jesus, if you stand up for Jesus, you will find adversaries. You will find resistance. You will encounter persecution. And God help you if that persecution is from your own family. I know what that feels like. And to that end, I have two questions for you. One, how do you deal with persecution? Number two, what is paradox? Before David became king, we read about his wilderness story. We see a young man hated and hunted like an animal. He is forced to choose between a life of being a God-believer or a God-denier forced to choose between a life of blasphemy or a life of prayer. To his credit, fame, and honor, David chose prayer. In choosing prayer, David entered into the practice of holiness. If that's for me, I'm busy. I'll read that again. In choosing prayer, David entered into the practice of holiness. Think about that. Holiness is not perfection but rather the pursuit of it. Holiness can be messy at times. It can be half-hearted. But it's always human. How do we explain this? Our best attempts at holiness. It seems they always fall short. Why? All I know for certain is grace. Grace buoys us up. Do you remember that old hymn? Grace, grace, God's grace Grace that is greater than all our sin (laughs) Grace Holiness is a paradox to the world we live in To the world holiness is not even desirable And if it were, it's perceived as unachievable Therefore it must be false It is untrue Paradox is when what seems to be false is actually true. But if you don't believe in a holy God, how can you possibly believe in holiness? Slide 11, please. Isaiah chapter 5. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil? That dark is light and light is dark. That bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. What sorrow for those who are heroes at drinking wine and boast about all the alcohol they can hold. They take bribes to let the wicked go free and then punish the innocent. Does that sound like the six o'clock news? Therefore, just as fire licks up stubble and dry grass shrivels in the flame, so their roots will rot and their flowers wither. For they have rejected the law of the Lord of heaven's armies. They have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Our world is rife with paradox. The world sees all that we say and do as paradox. We say life is found in Jesus Christ. And they say, no, no, that sounds like death to me. That sounds like death to myself. And in one sense they're right. When we say suffering purifies the soul, they scream, you're insane. Who in their right mind would embrace suffering? To the world, suffering is a curse that only happens to the weak and the unlucky. To the world, they see our faith in God as a lie that is only embraced by those who are simple or demented. Unbelievers, are devoid of faith. They have no hope. They have nothing that even resembles the love of God. And this should convict us, this should motivate us to share our faith, to share our hope, our affection for the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous King of heaven and earth. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, our flesh is very weak. At times it it feels like our minds, our souls, our, our very spirits are weak. But we come to you, Lord. We find our strength, our power, our peace in you. We find overcoming in you. But you grant us to overcome for one crystalline purpose, and that is to share our faith, to share our, to share our faith, our hope, our joy. Grant it, Lord. Fill us with your Spirit so that we may share the good news of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray Lord Jesus. Amen. My benediction this morning is from E.H. Peterson. All prayer pursued far enough becomes praise. All prayer pursued far enough becomes praise. Any prayer no matter how desperate its origin, no matter how angry and fearful the experiences it crosses, they all end up in praise. The praise does not always arrive quickly or easily. The trip can take a lifetime. But in the end, there is always praise. No matter how much we suffer, no matter our doubts, no matter how angry we get, no matter how many times we have asked in desperation or doubt, no matter how many times we ask, how long, Lord, how long? Prayer develops finally into praise. Everything finds its way to the doorstep of praise. Praise is the consummation of prayer. Let's pray more. And let us prepare our hearts for communion. Blessings
4: to you all. Well, here we go again. It's time for communion. Again. Once more with feeling, right? You think this feels like deja vu? Like using shampoo? wash rinse repeat why can't this be once and done after all that's what christ did he died on the cross once wiped out our sin once and now we are redeemed and headed toward heaven yeah that's what christ did he died once no need for jesus to repeat his death and resurrection But we have a desperate need to hold in our hearts and minds the reality, the power, and the amazement of what was accomplished. To do this well requires us to become like little children. Among children, again, is a favorite word. Do it again, Daddy! Take me there again, mommy. Children can seem like little stuck records. They feel the joy of a moment, experience the wonder of life with new eyes. They want to go again and again and again until they're exhausted. Yet even then, as they're nodding off to sleep, we say, again. Repeating something again and again plants the memory deep and multiplies the joy. The same can be true for us grown-up and serious adults. Repetition is sacred. God's mercies renew every morning, and we need them every morning and afternoon and evening. Thank God for the grace of again. So, here we are at communion again. Washing, rinsing, repeating the breaking of the bread and drinking of the juice. Remembering the reality behind these symbols. The wonder-working power of the blood shed for us. His body nailed to the cross for us. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel offered up their sacrifices again and again. Burnt offerings, grain offerings, peace offerings, sin offerings, trespass offerings. Through these offerings, they worshiped the Most High God, atoned for sins, and acted out their obedience. With each offering, The fire and the smoke reminded them of who he was and their relationship to him. Now we cry out again. Again, Lord, remember us in our neediness, in our sorrows, in our joys. Again, Lord, let us recall all you have done for us, all you are for us all you provide for us, all you have created for us to be. In gladness again, we open our hearts and receive these symbols of holiness and redemption. While they are reading, And Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my body, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many of the and poured out for many for the forgiveness of our sins. I tell you, I will never drink again of this fruit until that day when I drink anew with you in my Father's kingdom.